What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Emerson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Good morning. Huh. Hope you're alive. Doing well. Um, looking forward to some of the space stuff. Some of the news I was seeing out of the space stuff is uh, quite intrigued on. Uh, which one specifically? Uh, well, the space nuclear power. That sounds interesting, yeah? That is interesting. Uh, White House released a new space policy directive yesterday, and they intended to serve as a strategic roadmap for the development of space nuclear power and propulsion technologies. Isn't this kind of what we talked about the other day, how they need to develop something for long-range and reusable kind of thing? So until we can figure out something else, nuclear seems to be it, right? Well, so nuclear... Um, when you, when you go into the levels of nuclear for propulsion systems, it's not like Star Trek or Star Wars or something like that. And you have this wonderful repulsion drive or, or something, you know, or warp drive or whatever. And no, literally what they do with the nuclear, uh, powered is they generate a nuclear explosion behind the craft quite literally and use the force of the explosion to propel the craft forward. And they so continually make explosions to it's internal. It's like internal combustion, but with a nuclear reaction. Uh, externally, yeah. So the the explosion happens behind the craft, outside the craft, and uh, it's specially designed to grab as much of that force as it can and propels it forward. So theoretically, we can get pretty fast with those kind of things, but you run you run into a bit of a problem. Uh, slowing down nuclear radiation well yeah okay there there is that yeah but I, I would also say that slowing down would be a problem too um maybe uh i'm i'm not exactly sure how they do it now you might be able to use gravitational pull from different well, they use planets and stuff to, to now they down. use they use thrusters to kind of like you know to, to give it the opposite you know uh, way to like push back on it so that part i understand but you're trying to tell me i mean you, you would have to have more of a you would have to have more of a uh, of a thruster push like to counter it, right? To to come yeah. back on it. So I mean, the faster you're going to go, then the more you need to to come back. So I mean, if we're going to break, I mean, what what are we doing right now? It's like twenty something thousand miles an hour or something. Yeah, about twenty five thirty. We'll say twenty five to thirty thousand miles an hour. Okay. So if you're going, say, I don't know, double that, so fifty, sixty, mm-hmm. then you're going to need something that's going to be more of a uh, of a counter thrust to that to to slow you down, right? I mean, it stands to yeah. reason, or is it, or is that, does that not take effect because you're in, in zero gravity? No, it, well, being in zero gravity, uh, or at least microgravity, um, you tend to keep the speed that you have. So it's kind of the laws of physics, right? You, an object in motion stays in motion until acted upon by an outside force. Right. The same equal thing to here. Or greater than, yeah. yeah, equal to or greater than. So in space, uh, deep space specifically, where there's no gravity, well, there's nothing to stop it. So you're going to continue moving at the the same rate of speed until you run into something that can stop it. The problem is, if you were to use an explosive, like you know, another atomic explosive to slow it down, you're you're going to you're, basically anything on board is going to turn into a putty. It's just going to be liquefied because you're you're going at 
50,000 miles an hour. And then now you're instantaneously slowing it down to 20,000 miles an hour or something. So it would it would just turn everything into a liquid. So something tells me that that wouldn't be a, a very pleasant trip. No, no, that 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 would not be a very pleasant. Um, I don't even think the craft would survive such a, uh, ex, you know, explosive um slowing safe to say we got a lot of work to do then yeah yeah and the other thing is is i'm not even really sure what they plan to do with nuclear explosions i don't know if it's a nuclear explosion as in like are they talking nuclear power to where they're going to use like a uh, i forget what it's called it's like thermoelectric or something uh i forget the the name that they use but it's uh it's basically where we use radioactive material to generate energy i mean we've been doing this for a long time on on various craft in fact the the one Mars rover that we sent up, the Curiosity, I think, it had a nuclear generator in there. Um, uh, what is it? RTG? RT? I don't know, something like that. I forget what they stand, what it was. But anyway, I don't know if that's what they mean or if they're meaning the atomic engines, which are literally explosives. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I mean, we, we kind of... Okay, so we, we harnessed nuclear power for say like our uh, our naval fleets and, and things like that right i mean so like for example we have like our our uh, submarines our um aircraft carriers all nuclear powered right mm-hmm. yeah majority of them are nuclear powered now yeah okay so you have you have these reactions that occur on these types of vessels it stands to reason and we started experimenting with all of that you know maybe 50 years ago so it stands to reason that we should have done this right around the same time for the space program or not. So the RTG, the um, radioisotopic thermoelectric generator. OK, that's what it stands for. Uh-huh. Um, that has actually been around for a long time. We, we've actually used that probably since about that time frame. Um, but to actually use nuclear, which is one of the hypothesized next steps for engines, um, it's not using a nuclear uh reactor to power anything it's like i said using an explosion so i don't really know what they intend to do with this one if they just say oh we're going to use rtgs more often um oh okay i guess i mean it just makes it a little bit more dangerous if something goes wrong but you don't have to rely on solar so you'll be able to go further away from the sun and continue to function so i i yeah well and more and more than that it would kind of negate the need to develop a uh, a solid fuel source. For example, if you go to Mars, right, you wouldn't need to refuel to come back home. Um, depends. So one of the problems with, okay, so nuclear, the reactors that we currently have on like subs and aircraft carriers and whatnot, they are just like a power plant. They use the nuclear reaction to generate heat, which is um, then... Um, shunt it over to some water to turn it to steam to turn some turbines. That's literally what they do, even even on our naval vessels. So that doesn't really work in space necessarily. I mean, we could generate electricity, but how are you going to convert the electricity to some kind of propulsion? You know, so, I mean, ion drives, the, the problem with ion drives is that they don't have any kind of like the, the amount of propulsion that they have is so minuscule that we can't overcome gravity. I don't. I don't even think like it, you could have like one single strand of hair stopping the craft, and I don't think it has enough force to even push through that. I mean, that's it's so piddly the amount of uh, force that gives. So I, I'm not sure where they're headed with that one, but what I am sure about is they need to research other ways and other methods because if we plan to get to the stars, 
we're going to have to look into other things. And the next step is nuclear. Well, it stands to reason that uh, th- that we have to go that way. Until, like I said, until we come up with something else, then it has to be that. But we have to figure out how to make it safe. As you said, the, the problem is radiation. Yeah. So like I said, the that it does look like um, they did approve a bill back in May for $22 billion for NASA. Um, 125 million of that was for nuclear thermal propulsion, which is what I was talking about. And the those crafts that I've seen, the examples of those, um, they've not the, the the experiments I've seen. They they don't know how to overcome the radiation. They don't know right now, um, unless unless splitting the atom, um, hydrogen bombs is mostly just heat, isn't it? Does it have radio- radioactive fallout anymore? Uh, well, it, now it's like uh, they call them now clean bombs. So it's it's not like what it used to be back during the, the days of like the Manhattan Project. So essentially any radiation you have now that gets dropped, let's say you have a nuclear bomb that gets dropped now. You're looking at like, I, I want to say it's like 14 days, like two weeks and, and the radiation is pretty much gone. I, I think that's right. Okay. Because I know part of the problem with the nuclear weapons is the... It's the fallout and fallout is right. um, where it kicks up material from like dirt and kicks mm-hmm. it up into the air. And that dirt was exposed to radiation. Now that dirt is radioactive and it'll rain down for the next two weeks. Right. But then after that, the the material is radioactive for um, there's places that we've tested nukes right uh, back in the 60s that are still radioactive. Right. So, but it was a different kind of enrichment process back then. I mean, nowadays they've kind of changed a lot of things around and, and you pretty much um, you pretty much don't have the fallout effects like you did back in the day. I'm, I'm basically, I'm, I, I don't know if that's hundred percent accurate because plutonium. I, is I don't know. Is, yeah. I don't know. More yeah. Th- that's what I've heard. I've heard experts go on and different radio shows and things like that and talked about it. I, I don't know. I, I don't know the process. I'm not a, I, I know the basic, the, like the basics of, of in, the enrichment process, but I'm no, I'm nowhere near a, a nuclear physicist or anything like that. Not even close. So I, I know the basic process of how they do it. But uh, all I know is, is that the nuclear bombs we have now are not what they used to be. So they're, they're actually, a, they call them now clean bombs. Like that's, you've heard the terms clean bombs and dirty bombs and uh, clean bombs are what we use now. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, if, if we've solved that and we can produce an explosion that doesn't generate um, radiation, hey, you know, we, we've, got, we've got a way to propel ourselves to greater distances faster. But we still run into the issue of um, even, even with nuclear-powered vehicles or, or thermonuclear explosives propelling it, you still run into the issue of getting to the stars in your lifetime. You're going to have to create a ship so large that it will be able to house. Basically, you'll have to make a aircraft carrier uh, in space to house thousands of people with um, everything you need to power a civilization. And you would have to stay, you know, keep the populace stable and provide food, water, you know, all that stuff um, while, while you're traveling to a, a different solar system. And then even once you get to that solar system, you better be sure you have somewhere to land because, you know, what happens when uh, there's nowhere else to land and that ship starts to deteriorate over time? Oh, I don't know, Bruce. It, I mean, what, what have we said? It takes like, uh, what is the closest system to us that we know that is it, it has a uh, an Earth-like planet? It's like four 4.2 light years or something? Yeah, something like that. It's, it's fairly something close, like yeah. Yeah. One of these days. But you mentioned explosions there. You know, 
I, I love it when celebrities explode, don't you? Sure. I mean, figuratively speaking. Yeah, figuratively speaking, of course. And this one, uh, this one that uh, that has happened here in the last couple of days, uh, it's kind of made me laugh a little bit. I saw a little bit of it yesterday and I thought, all right, whatever. What's this guy on about? I don't pay attention to this guy. And that's Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, you know, the uh, the, the famed Scientologist, uh, he's got a COVID rant. And uh, so a lot of his former Scientology people are saying that it doesn't have anything to do with, uh, with COVID, but it's about his... Uh, tyrant power, as they're calling it. And they're saying that it's because of Scientology that's kind of forced him into this because they they say that this is what Scientology is behind the scenes. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, have you heard this rant? I mean, this is a good one. Yeah, I, I've heard the first rant, but I haven't heard the second one. And the second, yeah, there's there a is, second one? Yeah. There's really a second one? There's really a second one, yeah. Okay. And in well, fact, uh, some people, you know, walked out and quit. Okay. I heard, yeah, I saw I saw that five people quit after this, mm-hmm. but I do have the first one here. Uh, it's just, and it is, it is bleeped out. I mean, it's, there's a lot of language in here, but, uh, but we can play it, uh, because it's beeped out, but, um, let's take a listen to this. This is Tom Cruise on a Hollywood movie set. They're filming, is it Mission, Mission Impossible 7? I think it is. I believe so. Yeah. That sounds about right. Okay. Seven, man. I, the first one was terrible. So, uh, all right, let's, let's listen to this. We are the gold standard. We're back here in Hollywood making movies right now because of us. Because they believe in us and what we're doing. I'm on the phone with every studio at night. Insurance companies. Producers. And they're looking at us and using us to make their movies. We are creating thousands of jobs, you Oh. I don't ever want to see it again. Uh, just just on a side note, th- this is not because, uh, by the way, he's shouting through a mask. This is not because someone wasn't wearing a mask. This is because one person was not socially distanced from another person who were standing at a computer screen. Correct. They, they were both were looking at a computer screen or a monitor or whatever during filming or after filming or whatever, you know, you know, the whole process there. And they got too close together. This is just, it's absolutely ridiculous. Let's go on with this. And if you don't do it, you're fired. And I see you do it again, you're gone. And anyone on this crew does it. That's it. And you too. And you too. And you. Don't you ever do it again. That's it. I would have walked. No apologies. You can tell it to the people that are losing their because our industry is shut down. Oh, because of you. Yeah. They're not going to put food on their table. They're paying for their college <laughs> education. Keep them out of the colleges. That's what I sleep with every night. The future of the industry. So I'm sorry, I'm beyond your apologies. I have told you, and now I want it. And if you don't do it, you're out. We are not shutting this movie down. Well, it was terrible. Is it understood? If I see it again, you're going. And so are you. So you're going to cost him his job. And I see it on the set, you're going. And you're going. That's it. Am I clear? Is that the end? Do you understand what I want? Do you understand the responsibility that you have? Because I will deal with your reason. And if you can't be reasonable, Oh, they have, see, Bruce, they have to be reasonable. They have to be reasonable. 
That is it. If I worked there, I uh, trust you guys. To oh, be yeah, he's not done. He's not done. That's it. That's it. Okay. That's all he had to say. No? Do you have more to say? That's it, guys. Oh, that's it? They, okay, that's it. They shut the, all, all the videos I've watched of that, they shut off before that. What a, I, what a I didn't bum. Know the video went further on. Okay, so part of, me, part of me can understand his, if you're legit about being concerned about uh, other people working, which would be odd for Hollywood, but let's say you're concerned about, um, you know, uh, the, the, the crew and their jobs and whatnot. I could see his frustration. However... You know, human beings have an, a way of communicating with one another that doesn't involve yelling and doesn't involve triggering our rebellious tendencies. Because my my gut reaction immediately in that is, um, if if I was one of the guys and and he's singling you out like that, it'd be really difficult not to deck him right then and there for the kind yeah, of stuff but, he was saying. Yeah, I understand that, <laughs> but I mean, for crying out loud, I mean, th- this guy's oh, okay, that's fair enough, but. Yeah, some people are saying this has to do with the Scientology thing. And like I said, I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about no, that. The only thing I know, uh, the only thing I know is that it is it is considered a religion in the U.S. And I can tell you that that's not a religion. Um, I mean, you, you have a right to go out there and worship a tree if you want. That's fine. But this is less about a religion and more about lunacy. Uh, but that's to each their own, I guess. But some people are saying it's because of that. Now, uh, oh, okay. You don't have a right. I'm sorry. I don't give a damn if you're Tom Cruise. I don't care if you're, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Martin Scorsese or in, any of these these Hollywood losers, okay? I, I don't care if you're any of these people. You don't have a right to treat people like that. You don't. And mm-hmm. and as you said, Bruce, I mean, if, if it was that right there, as soon as the guy would have started screaming about something as trivial and as stupid as this, when it comes to this whole COVID thing, if you're all paranoid and you're all concerned, about your safety and the safety of others. Okay, fine, fine, fine. But don't jump all over my back because I don't believe the same thing you believe. And that's what this has turned into. It's turned into this cult mentality stuff. And, and we'll talk about uh, some COVID stuff today too. And a lot of the uh, the real science behind some of this stuff that we're going to discuss today. And you're not going to believe what they're doing over here with these PCR tests. It's insane. But my point is, is that when it relates to Tom Cruise and, and all these people that behave like him, because, Bruce, we've been seeing people like this all across the country, all across, uh, well, the world, really. When you go into a store or something, you don't have a mask on or whatever, and these, these, little, uh, these little mask Nazis jump all over you, right? They give you the same kind of thing. They, they start screaming and, and following you around and, and all the rest of it. Look, your stupidity is not my problem because you don't take the time to sit down and educate yourself in the slightest manner. That's not my problem. But OK, here, here's here's something better. Right. This this is a this is a little bit of a weird one. There's this guy in Japan who's made these hyper realistic masks. Have you seen these things? I have seen people wear those kind of things and it's it's kind of eerie, but they're kind of cool at the same time. It is eerie. And this uh, th- this thing is uh, it's called facial camouflage. Uh, it's a hyper realistic mask that models a stranger's features in three dimensions. This guy's taken a 3D printer and he's made these masks that are I mean, it's an, it's an entire face. It covers your face. So when you actually put one of these things on at a distance, it literally looks like someone else. And I can only imagine how this is going to to throw off the uh, the facial recognition sensors uh, when those start coming in, because those are coming. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, I want to I saw something today. Uh, I can't remember where it was. I want to say it was maybe I can find it. Um, 
also keep in mind that the the government actually has masks that are better than those that can be removed and put on within like 10 seconds or something crazy. I mean, like you can remove it within 10 seconds and and have it on in under a minute, I think is what it was. Something something to that level. And it completely changes the structure and everything in your face. You can be a completely different person with that mask. And it is so good that you won't be able to tell up close that you're wearing a mask. That's interesting because some people are already looking about how to uh, how to beat these uh, these facial recognition things that are coming. And and I could see this being a viable option. And what this guy does with this, I mean, as I'm sitting here looking at this, I mean, this guy puts one of these things on, he walks outside and literally at a distance, you can't tell uh, that, that it's something else or that, that it's um, a, a different face. But he's going to start selling these things early next year and they're going to go on sale for $950 a piece. At, a, at his shop in Tokyo, and I'm sure he'll ha- probably do an online shop. Uh, his products are popular as accessories for parties and theatrical performances. Uh, he chose his model, whom he paid 40,000 yen, which is about $500, uh, for more than 100 applicants who sent him their photos when he launched the project in October. An artisan then reworked the winning image, created it on a 3D printer. But he says that most people that buy these things are... Um, are people that look at them as like art pieces or something like that. I mean, you know, the art crowd is just a completely different culture in and of itself. He plans to gradually add new faces, including some from overseas uh, to the lineup. So yeah, you'll be able to pick one of those up for about a thousand bucks. Do you know what remind or you know what this brings to mind, Bruce? Do you remember all those photos that we looked at? I mean, we must have gone through, I, I don't know, about a couple hundred of them. And what was unique about all the photos we looked at was that none of those people we looked at were real. I do remember that. Yeah. And that was some of those photos. If you didn't know what you were looking for, um, you would have thought it was a real person. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of them, to be fair to the average person just walking by somewhere, you wouldn't know the difference if you were just looking at it at a glance. I mean, we had to look at some of them. I mean, hell, I'm sitting right here, maybe, I don't know, two and a half feet away from uh, a set of monitors. And I'm looking at these on full screen and I'm having a hard time telling that these are not real people until you're telling me what exactly I need to be looking for to see that they're not real. Couple that with this guy's idea here, and you could have a new face anytime you needed it, and it wouldn't be anything recognizable because no one would exist. I mean, look, I I can't say I would or would not be using a hyper-realistic mask when uh, the facial recognition system comes into play. Um, but I would be using a hyper-realistic oh, mask. I, 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 would be, I, I would be using it. I, I'd be using one. I, I would have a 3D printer and I would have the thing that would make me a new face and say, here you go. And I would go out yep. for the day. Yep. Agreed. Uh, I mean, and the other thing, uh, I have some other ideas for uh, blocking facial, facial recognition. Um, uh, a great way, for example, is to um, flood the camera with infrared light. Mm-hmm. You can actually uh, put those. Easy way to do that. Uh, get you some uh, the infrared the IR LEDs. Get you some of those, uh, and you can actually do this. Um, mm-hmm. We we actually did this a long time ago. We did this, uh, and we we figured this out. Get a bunch of those LEDs, and get yourself a hat, right? Just a just a cheap hat or whatever, or or a um, um, a beanie. You know, like a get get yourself like a Tim Pool style, uh, style beanie, and put those infrared LEDs around the hat in in different spots all the way up through the top, and then put you a battery. Sew a battery on the inside. Uh, to the uh, to the leads, and then I mean you can't see it, right? Mm-hmm. You can't see it. It's it's invisible to the eye, but when you come up on a camera, the glare off of that IR is going to shield your entire head. 
You can't actually feel it, by the way. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. No, IR. You if you if you um, maybe maybe I'm weird or something, but I've seen IR lights and have been exposed to them kind of around the eye area and you can actually feel the light from that hitting your eye you just can't actually physically see it it's weird mm-hmm, i don't know mm-hmm. and by the way but anyway we, we also learned that you can look through like the uh, the tinted plastic with it we, we also learned that when oh, it's interesting. Dark. yeah so if you have like you know what i'm talking about so like the different color tinted mm-hmm. plastics yeah, that, yeah. that are actually like uh that that you can't see through but as long as it's a dark environment and you have those uh, the tinted the color tinted plastic it has to be colored. You can actually look through it as clear as day. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, but that's um, that's actually one of the the things I had thought about using is um, a mixture of actual LED lights for aesthetics and infrared to blind facial recognition cameras. So it'd be kind of funny see seeing somebody walk down the street with uh, with, with like a. You know, like the LED, uh, the RGB spectrum that that it mm-hmm. rotates through. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> just seeing like that rotate through, and then all of a sudden you just turn it off. It looks like it's off, but it's actually not off. So uh, I'm going to reveal some of my secrets here. One of the thoughts I had had for that is um, think of um, oh, there's not really any helmets that I can I can use it as an example, but let's say for example a motorcycle helmet or something like that. You know, with a visor on the edge of where the visor is putting uh, an RGB strip there that's facing away from your face so it doesn't actually obstruct your vision but provides a aesthetic, if you will. And imagine having in there laced in infrared ones that are on all the time with the RGB ones. So to the average person, it just looks like you're you know, doing something aesthetic, whereas in reality, you're blinding the cameras. Uh-huh. It's amazing. We were, we were working with that stuff like, uh, I want to say like 15 years ago, and we had uh, we had some success with it uh, about like that. And yeah, it uh, it does throw off. Uh, it does throw off cameras. So if, <laughs> if, if people are looking to throw off facial recognition, then that's how you do it. All right, we're out of time this morning. So thank you for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. If you're always stopping some more, please check us out later on this afternoon. And I hope everyone has a great morning.